The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming back this week, Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing well, man. And like I say, each and every week, just about glad to be back on with you guys to chop it up. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And welcome back, Wynn Grace in the chat, Alon Z. As well said. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it's a line from the show. It is. So a uh, question, question for you, Clarence Brown, since I've still got it on with you. If there is someone who is listening to this podcast for the very first time, what might you tell them if they wish to subscribe? Yeah, well. First of all, you can support the show by subscribing, leaving a review, and telling a friend. If you have a review idea or anything else you'd love us to know, you can send that in to discussingwho at gmail.com or hit us up at discussingwho on any and all social medias. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And for the rounding out of the virtual TARDIS console that we have here, welcome back, Lee Shackelford. Hi, guys. As Clarence likes to say, they're glad to be here to talk about this stuff with y'all. So um, th- this is a this is a topic suggested by a listener. So, uh, yes, indeed, we're, Jamie. We're, we're, Jamie, yes, thank yes. you. We're, we're all uh, we're all on the high wire now, I think. Uh, indeed. <laughs> we'll just see what happens. Indeed. Indeed. And you know what? I am going to make a prediction right now. The prediction is we're going to enjoy this chat. That's I going to be so. the pre- but for for just like I had a question for Clarence Lee, I have a question for you. There is something that you like to tell people who are listening and are watching, and what is that that you like telling them? Just um, hey there, and uh, thank you. We know you've got a lot of other things you could be doing, and you're choosing to spend this time with us, and it it just means the world to us. So yeah. thank you from the bottom of our what six hearts, six hearts, the three of us, yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So I am debating and knowing me as I do, because, you know, I am me. So not me from season nine, I will say, but me, me. Um, I will go ahead and say that this has been a very long work day for me. And because of that, my arterial flow is about down to a trinkle. So I will say, <laughs> just bear with me. That said, I just want to say if, anyone has not seen the ninth doctor adventures through the 15th doctor's adventures so far <laughs> put us on pause every Go single out one. watch yep. them wherever you want to stream them come back yeah. because from this moment forward spoilers spoilers affirmative spoilers spoilers what spoilers and i killed sparky too Gentlemen, do you think that I can go through an episode, or should I go through an episode not doing a spoiler warning? I don't think you have the ability to do that, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally not possible. Yes. Not possible. I mean, we on discussing Trek last night, you you sounded a spoiler warning for all of Trek. So, you know. What can I say? So it's, yeah. I do have one thing I could say back about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all right then. Yeah, uh, apparently it is. Okay. So 
the object of us being here tonight, all jokes aside, is the idea of comparing and contrasting different incarnations of the doctor. And the argument could be had, well, they're the same character, because that's what Huvians love to say, is, mm-hmm. well, you know, I don't have a favorite doctor because they're all the same character. Yeah, but they are and they aren't. But they are and they aren't. That is yeah. it. So, so here's what we're going to do. The idea was to compare and contrast. What we're going to do is go through and take our picks. We're going to do comparisons first. Then we're going to go back and celebrate the differences of the compare. Uh, and I don't know what Lee is going to pick. <laughs> Clarence doesn't know what uh, I'm going to pick. And when Grace doesn't know what R- Robert Picardo is going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone listening, I'll tell you and show you why I say that. Does Robert Picardo count? He's part of Voyager. Oh. He's a doctor, but not the doctor. There you go. His name is literally the doctor. So he's, it's in the credits. He is the doctor. Well, he's so right there, man. He's a the doctor, <laughs> not the the doctor. The genuine article. It, the original, you might say. That's right. So you know what? I'm not going to put you guys on the spot. I'm going to go first with the comparison round, and I am going to go on the fly and pick. Believe it or not, the 10th and the 12th Doctor. Why am I picking Mm. that? Because I'm looking at the um, image that we have for that. And those two just caught my attention. So if Mm. I were to compare the 10th Doctor, how are they similar? The 10th Doctor and the 12th Doctor. I would first say the first thing that comes to my head is both has a presence. Both have a character arc as in they grow or change throughout the course of their tenure as the doctor. I would say the 10th doctor mellowed where the 10th, well, the 12th Doctor mellowed and became more friendly. But to some degree, I would say the 10th Doctor went in reverse to somewhat because we had Time Lord Victorious. So he had a different, not the same type Mm. of arc, but Mm. there was some coldness that got instilled in him toward the end. He was still that... 10th doctor that we knew but he did have a level of development nonetheless any thoughts on my initial thoughts from either of you oh yeah man by the end of david Tennant's run he just felt stone cold almost um was it children of blood is the episode i'm thinking of Mm, i think Children of uh, Waters of Mars. Well, Waters of Mars was the one with him and Martha, and he lost his memory. Oh, yeah, at the end, he yeah, family, yeah, yeah, family of blood. Family of blood. Family yes. Of blood. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that jumps out it out to me because you know I am judge and juror. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am uh, laying the law and down. executioner. Yeah. yeah, and executioner, and mm-hmm. and yeah, 
that was the first wink that I got of like him just being stone cold at times or just not playing around at all. You know, he's he's, um, you know, exerting his authority. Uh, by the same token, I agree with you totally with Peter Capaldi, whereas uh, at the very beginning, people felt like he was uh, kind of gruff. I, th- I think I remember you guys comparing him to the first doctor a little bit uh, and mm-hmm. how gruff he was. Mm-hmm. But by the by the end, you know, very mellow, very fun. I mean, Sonic Shades and guitars, you know, we're doing all that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can definitely see your comparison there, Cal. It, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. So Clarence, let me go with you. If you were to choose off the cuff two versions of the doctor that you would like to compare, who would they be and what were your thoughts? Mine um, will once again be David Tennant, um, like you just mentioned, but 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 for different reasons. And and uh Jody Whitaker. Hmm. And and the reason being is that the tenth and the thirteenth um to me, the love interest part of it was uh, very much front and center with the 10th, the you know, kind of in the background, but kind of there. And they definitely play that up again, sort of at the end of uh, Jodie Whittaker's run. Mm-hmm. Not very subtle, but, you know, we got a, some very uh, interesting moments with her and Yaz by the end of it. And and the reason I bring that up in particular is like, um, you know, just being... yeah. I, I don't know if I loved it when it was, you know, Martha funning over the over <laughs> the 10th doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just being open to it um, in, in a totally different context, I felt like, you know, it was very interesting once we got to to uh, Jodie Whittaker. So that's the comparison I have between them two. Uh, I, I found that very interesting seeing it from a different angle, totally. Um, but, you know, still, I think we kind of don't want the doctor to have a love interest, but. You know, it was it was interesting to see how it was portrayed in both with both doctors. Mm. So I want to ask a question before I go to Lee's initial thoughts. Do we want the doctor to have a love interest? And I know we said we were going to stick from nine forward, but you know, th- back in the past, I know it's been said, and we probably said it on this show before. Peter Davison wasn't was told you you're not to you know, arm up with the other um, companions and what be careful how you touch them. Be yeah. careful. Right. Right. Because, so, yeah, he came away with the phrase, no hanky panky in the TARDIS. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Which, which isn't in the script. So what they were saying was we don't want there to be any kind of a visual cue that even suggests that something happens between scenes that <laughs> so, so let just me answer is no. But on screen, do we want to see the love interest of this however old alien and a human? Or do we not want to see that? Mm. Is that character development by having the doctor mm. do these things? Hmm. Something that I noticed from the four specials that we've just had is 14's astonishment at him talking about people that he loves. Yes. And he says, oh, oh, oh do, uh, do I say that now? Yeah. And and we've already heard Shooty do it too. Mm-hmm. So the 15th Doctor is a Doctor Who loves. Um, mm. 
And I think that's very interesting. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, um, the TV movie, which many people insisted for a long time, wasn't even Canon. Um, and I think big finish allowed Paul McGann to come back and plant his flag squarely again. Um, but, um, but you know, when the doctor kissed grace, in the fandom, I thought the, you know, the, the sky was going to fall. Um, people just said, okay, that's it. This is not Dr. Who. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for a lot of people, that was a, a line in the sand. Um, sh- yeah. Now. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, uh, when Grace does bring up a very good point, do we want that love interest to be Houdini? And, you know, I saw a image uh, from Jodie Whittaker's era f- that shows uh, a comment she made when the doctor, I think it was the witch finders where the doctor is basically dunked for being a witch. Mm-hmm. And when she frees herself, she comes out and says, I spent a wet weekend with Houdini. Mm-hmm. So my my point and and this isn't where Wind Grace was going with that in any shape, form, or fashion. Mm. But we have an alien being, you know, and I'm curious to see when the fifteenth Doctor comes. And I have no speculation or whatever that the there will be a love interest. There won't be a love interest. Mm. Will it be um Millie Gibson's character? Will it be someone else's character? Will it be male? Yeah. Will it be female? Regardless. <laughs> right. I'm curious as to how people react considering mm. that we've established, even with the image that we've got on our screen, that this character can be a man or a woman, male or female. Yeah. You know, and that as, as has been said at least once now, it's, it's just doesn't matter. He, the doctor is simply beyond such things. Yes, indeed. But the, 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 the fact that uh, the doctor is, um, thousands of years old we've now said out loud acknowledging uh, heaven sent and uh, hell bent and heaven sent um i i guess i always keep going back to to the the thing that um that we heard nine and ten say to 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 rose you can grow old with me but i can't grow old with you Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't work that way for me. And, you know, I, I don't know. And, and then 13 had her tearful parting with Yaz, you know, saying, I can't settle down. That's just not who I am. If I was going to, it would be with you. But, you know, and I, and I really think that is almost fundamental to the concept of the doctor. So, you know, I don't know. I, does the doctor get a proper, a proper mate? Indeed, indeed. But you know what is proper is to give a quick shout out to the time scales. Greets from San Francisco. Greetings, greetings <laughs> from San Francisco. <clears throat> and when Grace brought up something that I want to bring up as well, is river. He says we also had the river sung thing too, and I want to turn that into. Is River an exception? And if so, why? Mm. Well, yeah. Um, they're married. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, this is this is canonical. They're this is established on screen and, and reinforced. 
Um, and as many people have pointed out, when we first met the doctor, he had a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this, this suggests a daughter, right. a son or a daughter in between, um, you know, of, about whom we've never heard a word. Mm-mm. So, you know, what the actual heck? So, Lee, let's pass the baton to you. Mm. What were you, what are your two picks that you want to take? I was drawn to drawing comparisons between 11 and 13. Um, because in some ways they both seem to have hit the ground being befuddled, you know, post, uh, uh, post regeneration. And their approach to the world was, was childlike that they were just sort of trying to figure things out through process of elimination. Oh, is this what this is? No. Okay. What about this? Is this it? No, I don't know what I'm looking for, you know, and that that stayed with them, that that became part of their characterization. I'm sure as the actors, that was their, their, their plan all along that they're, that that's who they're, that's how they're going to go through life. It's just sort of, I've got to touch everything. I've got to taste everything. I've got to, you know, get my hands on things and I'll draw people to me and I'll um, hang on to them too, as long as I can. That it's just sort of um, this, this uh, hungry mind and a hungry soul that's, that's pulling things in. And that I always thought that was essential to Matt Smith's portrayal of the doctor. And then uh, we saw Jody Whitaker do it too. Mm. Um, it makes them seem random. It makes them seem sort of frenetic. You know, we, we, yeah. we sometimes call Eleven the autistic doctor. Um, because if you know and love people on Spectrum, as I do, you know, that's 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 exactly right. It's just the, is this what I think it is? No, it isn't. It's just, you know, it, the, the endless curiosity and the, and the sometimes curious lack of social barriers or, or, or difference in, in understanding of social barriers. And that's just very much how the two of them were. So those are, those are my bookends, 11, mm. 13. Yeah. Yeah, for 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 thirteen, uh, that franticness kind of, to me, felt like the doctor finally um, being in a woman's body. You know, kind of mm. experiencing some of that, and uh, you know, this feels different. This is new. You know, at least with the first few mm. episodes, it kind of felt right. like that. Yeah, I really like that about about her doctor. Um, and I definitely and ironic that. that the first thing he did was experience his long hair and say, I'm a girl. I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm Good not point. a girl. Yeah. And I'm still not ginger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I, one thing I do love about doing this show of discussing who is, we can change the rules as we could go along. And I want to <laughs> well, change. That's all right then. Uh, that's all right then. <laughs> uh, um, so I, I want to change the rules a little bit before we go into the differences, because mm. I just noticed a comparison when you guys were talking about the 11th doctor and his child likeness, he does have at times. And one of the things that we did like about Matt Smith is how he could turn on a dime and look Mm -hmm. from being this young face to looking more ancient, in my opinion, than no offense to Peter Capaldi, but Peter Capaldi's doctor ever did. Mm -hmm. He had this, old look and i don't know what it is about shooty's doctor for 15 but there is something i don't want to say ancient about him because he's very youthful and he's very energetic 
but there is for all that maturity and that energy, I feel this matureness about the doctor mm-hmm. and a, a it's weird to say calmness, but if you go back and you watch his interaction with 14 at the end of the giggle, he is the solidifying force. He's the voice mm-hmm. of reason. He's the one that's still having fun, but he is in control. And we've never, ever, ever, ever seen an incarnation of the doctor as soon as we see him or her on the set, with the exception of Joe Martin's, um, you know, the first time we see, but that wasn't post-regeneration. She had been around for a while. But as far as we know it, post-regeneration with 15, to have an ancientness, a calmness, a a maturity about him. And the curious thing that I think is interesting, both of these actors at the time were two of the youngest actors to Mm -hmm. play the doctor, but yet they are showing something that is mature, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, we, we've been told that that was how Matt Smith got the job, that in that, that last round of auditions, that uh, somebody um, said, it's amazing how old that young man can appear. Mm. And they said, well, that's, that's it, you know, that's it. But I, I, think, you're, I think you're right onto something, uh, Kyle, or Clarence, or whoever you are. Your, 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 your screen says that you're Clarence. Hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, Hello. I'm Clarence How did that happen? You just, you're just jealous. You just always oh. wanted to be Clarence. And today oh, is the day. Dear. I'm Clarence too. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that will make no sense to people uh, listening to this on the audio. Now I'm Clarence um, too. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and that's all right then. That's all right then. We're just changing our names on screen. That's all that's happening here. Anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, what was I saying? I'm sure it was uh, vital and important. Oh, that since 2005, what we've had is the doctor with um, the the world on their shoulders, specifically Gallifrey on their shoulders, mm. and that includes uh, John Hurt's doctor, yes. perhaps mm-hmm. more so than any of them. Um, but this this secret burden. Um, uh, or even when it's not so secret, it's just they they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. Um, and because of the events after Day of the Doctor, um, I would say that um, twelve and thirteen had that less. But then they had new things to to yeah. grieve about. And um, you know the the problematic relationship with the Master is always something that that weighs on the doctor and i'll be interested to see how now that we've sort of hit refresh and we have a doctor who is not who seems to not be burdened with this stuff yeah what's going to happen when the master shows up indeed you know and i find it interesting because because i will tell you guys what i assumed and I assumed wrong and I don't mind being wrong because i was and i very much enjoyed our conversation to the point but I assumed that none of us would pick the 13th doctor in our comparisons. Mm. That was my assumption. Mm. And, and that's, that maybe that says more about me than it does about the two of you. But what was interesting, one of the doctors that I 
didn't expect us to omit is something that when Grace and the time scales and our chat has brought up is the ninth doctor. None of us mm-hmm. went back and compared the ninth doctor, which we've said before, had the ninth doctor not worked, we might not still have doctor who around Absolutely. on the screens now. Right. But he was very much, um, I mean, once we got the whole continuity and we saw that he, he comes directly out of the day of the doctor, um, not knowing that they've actually saved Gallifrey, but he's the one who, who comes into this new face, knowing that he's, he's the one who killed them all. Man. Uh, he is the last of the Time Lords. And we'd unpack that slowly over um, the Ninth Doctor's one year, but talk about a thing to, to have to live with. And it's um, interesting that you yeah. said that because the mm-hmm. time scales in the chat said the ninth doctor also seemed like a very old being yet in 2005, it was unclear if he had regenerated, regenerated, excuse me, recently or not, which is hundred percent true. Yeah. The only clue we had is him pausing to look at his reflection in rows yes. and uh, kind of tutting about his ears. So and the time he'd never seen them before. And the time scales also says that you can call me Clarence also if you want. Yeah, we can all be Clarence. We can all be Clarence. <laughs> yeah. You get a Clarence. We get a Clarence. We all get to be Clarence. <laughs> um, and I, let me pick up also that when Grace says, I think we got a similar feeling from the start of Eccleson, but it was coming from a completely different end of the spectrum. It's very raw. It's very fresh for him. Yes. Yeah, it's a, yeah. And yeah, it's the thing about ahead, Clarence. The thing about Eccleston, it 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 felt like he was, to me, trying to balance the weight of the world and and fun. T- to me, Rose is his release right. for the fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, uh, very much one of the the doctors that had you know that you could feel the weight the most from, in my opinion, because because man, once he starts to tell about you know what happened to Gallifrey, it just. Just, you can feel it. You can feel it permeating from them. Mm. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum, at least mm. how we said we were going to lay this out, which was compare and contrast. We were going to say mm-hmm. the difference, you know, the, the what's the same and now move into what's different. So I will start. And for some reason, I'm going to pick the 12th doctor again, but I'm, going to go against myself from where I started and actually pick the 13th doctor. And if I were to say the biggest differences for me in 12 and 13, 12 felt like he had a weight because I felt like he realized this and at least in Canon as it was known at the time you are the start you're number one of a new cycle of regenerations mm-hmm. you know so you had the weight of a 12 cycle before you now you have this new decision and that and you know because it gets to the end where he's saying i will not change i don't want to continue being somebody else mm-hmm. and the idea and the whole end of uh, twice upon a time of Nordal even saying you can rest if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. the decision to go on. He, I felt like this doctor had a lot of weight 
that at least if she, she did, it wasn't, at least in my opinion, portrayed as such. I didn't see a weight too much for her. I didn't feel a weight. Right. I think there was supposed to be a weight. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't feel a weight. Yeah. If you look at what happened, script, but, you, but, but if you look at some, kind of some of the things that happened, Gallifrey was, again, spoilers, Gallifrey was destroyed again. You find out everything you knew was a lie. Yeah, yeah. It, it it definitely didn't translate like it didn't hit like they wanted it to hit. I would say. I mean, going back to to the twelfth Doctor, and I could think of a few things right off that were very heavy. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of what happened to Bill. Uh, I think of how he was trying to foster Missy. You know, he was trying to bring on board, make, bring his friend back. You know, those are very heavy and they hit hard. They they kind of still stick with me. Yeah. But 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 when I think of the flux and I think of some of the things that happened in, in Whitaker's run is did I feel the weight of those moments? But let me add this real know. quick. You know what you just did for me, Clarence? You just helped in that single comment, you just helped reframe Yaz and Ryan and Graham for what I've always called lack of uh, characterization. Mm. Maybe the doctor chose them because they were easy. And meaning Mm. by that, they didn't have a lot Mm. of baggage. They were just Mm. companions. They were the fam. There was no layer upon layer upon. they They weren't the tragedy of Bill. They weren't the tragedy of Amy. They weren't Rose. They weren't Phil and Clara. You know, they were just them. So yeah. if you look at it from that perspective, it m- kind of makes them a little more in- endearing, maybe. No. <laughs> Can <I> nah. just, <laughs> I'm not buying it because I'm not because, either, but I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I'm trying and, to what? Say, say something, something nice. nice. Your your effort is is commendable. Um, but yeah, you nobody. I don't think any of the companions have ever just had a big red flag flying, you know, when we brought them on board that they're just, just said, Oh, this is going to be trouble, but I'm going to do it anyway. That I, you know, I mean, we didn't think what happened to bill was going to happen. You know, we didn't, Mm-mm. you know, when, when, when the doctor invited Rose aboard, you didn't think she's going to be marooned in another universe. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't, you just, you don't know. Except yeah. that you know he's li- he's lived long enough and he's traveled with you know with enough different people, the body count is kind of high. <laughs> so, Not the body count. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. So now, in the chat, Jamie asks, "Do you think each doctor picks companions for what they, and I presume you mean what they, the doctor, or or do you mean for what the companions need?" Yeah, because so, uh, yeah, you I can, can answer that, that question. Yeah. yeah. That's two different answers, but... Um, so I want to come back to huh. Jamie's question, but I want to yeah. ask Clarence, your pick on the two to contrast, and then and we definitely want to come back to Jamie's question. That's a very interesting question. Okay, I'm going to take a, a very silly point of view on this, uh, and I'm going to speak of the wardrobe, um, <laughs> where where uh, Jody's is just awful. <laughs> 
and everybody else's is, you know, tolerable. <laughs> but Jody's is just awful, man. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it, it still puzzles me that they went that direction with the trousers um, for her. It, it just feels weird. And all the guys have these cool leather and suits and yeah and yeah it's just just odd to me that that would give her that costume so um yeah i hate to compare it to everybody else but but yeah that's just weird man it was just weird i don't know (laughs) thoughts yeah i i I was looking forward to her in the kind of quiet tweed that you would get from uh from 10 and 11 you know Mm. and uh i just thought boy she's gonna rock that oh we're not going to do that. <laughs> okay. Ah, well. Mm. Ah, well. Yeah. And the time scales points out, it's still nothing compared to the six doctors. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but is but it? It's close. Well, that's it. It's, I, it still means it's, it, it, it's hard for us to understand how she could walk around in any time in earth's history, including the present without just people just staring at her. So, I yes. But and and even when you, it doesn't do the outfit, the costume, the wardrobe any favors when an incarnation of the doctor looks down at you with the glasses and say, "I, I become that all rainbows and trousers that don't mm. reach." <laughs> yep. <laughs> but this is poetry, man, poetry. But in her defense. Yeah. They did at least give her trousers on her first appearance, not just put her in pants, which are American version of underwear and a shirt. That's true. So that at least she did have pants. Imagine introducing a doctor just in their pants. Yeah. Yeah. So that's unheard of. (laughs) It never happened. Never Never happened. happened. (laughs) But that's all right then. Um, all right. So, uh, Lee, what about your two comparisons before we come back to Jamie's question? Um, I mean, I mean, contrast. contrast. Yeah. I, I still think it's interesting that, um, nine looking back from this, from this point, nine ends up being so different really from all the rest that, and I guess you could call that growth of the character or just, um, an evolving nature of the show. But, you know, I think that one of the things that makes the doctor, the doctor, um, throughout, I mean, from, from the first, from, from John Pertwee on at least, because this is what, you know, that's when he gains control of his TARDIS, when he can go where he wants to go approximately, then it's all fun. It's like, let's go, you know, you've never seen the fill in the blank of some exotic location or, you know, uh, you got to see that, you know? And so it's just the, let's go see everything and do everything. And let's go spend time with people, you know, from your past, let's just, let's just do it. Um, and you know, so that's why the very second adventure with the 10th doctor, we're going to take you to another, you know, another planet. Uh, let's go see something, you know, a million years in the future. Let's, you know, um, and, and 11 is all about that. And yeah. nine, not so much. It's about being dragged into situations and about, um, well, you know, I tried this and it turns out that was a terrible idea. And I don't know what I was thinking. You know, he took Rose to see the end of the world. <laughs> Who, you know, w- way to woo her on a first date, mate. 
Um, and, but it's just like, he just doesn't understand. Um, as a reminder, he's an alien. He's a very old alien. He's seen, as he says in that episode, I've seen planets die all the time. I, you know, I don't know what you're so upset about. <laughs> um, they're just, the 10th doctor, when asked for, for his name, rank, and intention, you know, he says, doctor. Not fun. the doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he says, doctor, doctor. Fun is his intention. Yeah. 15 will then say, in the same situation, it was yeah. the doctor, not, not a, doctor. a doctor. I thought it was very interesting. But yes. Yeah. Not a I, doctor. Um, when Grace in, in the comments ask, points out that Rose is probably the first human he spent time with since, uh, since Grace, when he was the eighth doctor. But, mm-hmm. uh, it's been a long time as the war doctor grew old. Um, so, yeah, he, he's, he may have forgotten how to relate to human beings. In, in any case, that's, yeah. he, just, he just isn't out for fun. And so we get a, a, a two-parter in which one of the story points is, does he dance? And that may have been a sexual euphemism or not. Either way, because <laughs> um, I don't think it was clear. <laughs> right. But, but in any case, the question is still the same. Do you do things just for pleasure? Rose really wants to know. And we're with Captain Jack, who doesn't do anything else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and so the contrast is, very, is, is just brought even more into uh, and, and, you know, you just brought focus. up an interesting uh, point back from the 2005 series. Was the purpose of Captain Jack originally to be anti-doctor and, and not be the yeah. master? Meaning right. not be an evil doctor, but be, let's just be a time traveler and let's have fun. Yeah, I, I really yeah. think so. I, I, and to call the doctor's uh, innate seriousness kind of into into contrast. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely, if that wasn't the plan, it's certainly one of the things that works so well about that character. And all jokes aside, I would love to see the reaction of Jack with 15. Oh, boy. And, and, and what I mean by that is the, you know, the exuberance we keep talking or I keep talking about with 15 because now he is a lot more Jack like in the, hmm. the enjoyment and it's more fun, you know, more fun. But back to um, <laughs> the the question that Jamie had, he is referring to they being the doctor. So right. asking it again, do you think each doctor picks their companions for what they need in the moment? Because that, that relates to what Clarence was saying earlier, I think about, uh, about Rose, that this is, She's sort of the antidote to what's killing the mm-hmm. Night Doctor. Um, youth. <laughs> and <laughs> you know? and uh, my she, comment about the 13th Doctor's uh, lack well, maybe of so. interesting companions, mm-hmm. per se. <laughs> you know. They are, to be fair, the first people she meets. That That is true. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Guilty by association, companion yeah, exactly. by association. Right. Exactly, just right place, the right time. Um, um, yeah. Well, and you know, we apparently the idea was toyed with. RTD says now of having the doctor sort of, kind of stalking Rose as she grows up, and uh, and that was rejected. Is that just that's just creepers? Yes, yeah, just so, creepers. Deepers creepers. Even even as well intended as the idea was that he's going to make sure she's the right one, but no, that's still just weird. So, um, 
But you know, I, I I know we're talking about 2005 forward, but I, I always feel like um, Sarah Jane ends up traveling with the third and then the fourth doctors because she she met an important need in in him that mm-hmm. um, that he has been with people who are expository tools that he can sort of say, you know, I'm glad you're here because I need you to hand me that thing that's across the room, you know. But um, but the third and fourth doctors it took Sarah very seriously. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is, if he's going to get back out there, he, he seems to have realized he, he needed that. I, I don't know. Mm. And you know what I'm hearing? I, I, when you say that, I hear the 14th doctor saying, I loved her back to your comment earlier of saying, you know, this mm-hmm. is who that incarnation is. He has, he yeah. can say, I loved her. I loved he, he Donna. Couldn't, couldn't say it before. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's the companion that's the one that's keeping them balanced, keeping them from going off the deep end. You know, mm. how, how does he sense that in the companion that he'll know he'll need that a little bit later? Or well, Runaway Bright ends with with Donna being the one to say, "Okay, that's enough." Yeah, and or, I think he 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 remembered that. I'll come back the, for her. Or does the TARDIS secretly bring the Doctor to who they need? Mm. So says Wen Grace. Yeah. So I want to bring in a comment, and I and and every, we all know that I love the fifteenth Doctor so far. So I'm gonna, mm. not going to answer this question, but the time scale says Shudi's Doctor is hard to figure out, at least for me. Thoughts from Clarence and Lee? I think it goes to what you guys said earlier. Um, I think he's going to be hard to figure out because he doesn't have the weight of the universe on his shoulders. And it, it almost mm. seems like a, I hate to use the word pivot, but just a new phase for um, how the doctor exists. Um, how does he exist when he doesn't have all of that weighing him down and yeah. he can truly explore without, you know, that pressure. I don't know. So Jamie brings up an interesting comment. It says, seems to be that it is the companions that bring the problem to the series for the doctor to work through. And, Mm. you know, and that's often true to the case. So let me pose it into a form of the, of a question for the two of you. Is it more interesting for the companion to be the focus of the quote unquote problem? Or is it more interesting for there to be external forces for them to just travel into and solve? Or does it matter? Hmm. Hmm. So, so what are we thinking the best two examples of that is Clara and uh, Amy, maybe? Mm. Uh, Let's see. Because I think of the Clara, different versions of Clara is that's a problem for him to okay. solve. It's a challenge. Right. Yeah. That's a challenge to solve. Rose mm-hmm. just seems to be the companion. She just met him. Yeah. There wasn't a Rose mystery to solve. There wasn't saving Rose from this. You know, she just traveled mm-hmm. with him until she couldn't travel any longer. Yeah. Oh, and right. The crack in the wall for Amy. That's, that's, that's. <laughs> Yeah, we as much as said that he learned, he discovered the crack in the wall because he met Amy. And he also said that he met Amy because the TARDIS was drawn to the crack in the wall. Mm-hmm. So, 
And Rose yeah. did bring the bad wolf. Jamie is 100% correct Well, there. well. <laughs> or did the doctor bring the bad wolf? That was a result of know, traveling with the doctor. I'm going to say, that's... Oh. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Exactly. That whole thing is about cause and effect. And yeah. Um, she said I create myself. Now the time scales brings up that the companions were originally the observers um for the doctor to explain events to the people. Yeah. And um uh, yeah, and, and Ian to start with was supposed to be the the handsome hero who's gonna get to do all the heavy lifting and the the fighting, you know. Uh, so we, and, and we, we, we kept the, 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 the young, handsome man as part of the team for, for a long time, um, you know, very, various iterations of, of Ian. And then finally, I don't know, at what point do we say, oh, heck, let's, um, what the doctor needs is a cute chick. Hmm. I John would Pertwee. say, <laughs> well, yep. And then it would kind of go away a little bit because you had Turlo and you had Adric. Mm-hmm. And then you went back whenever we got our friend Shannon's favorite companion of all time, Perry. Right. And then you definitely went back into damsel in distress mode. Yeah. You know, which was I no fault for a while. Fault, no fault of, you know, Nicola Bryant. It was just, that's yeah. just the way it was. You know? Yeah. I guess so. it's because John Pertwee wanted he he you know his doctor was the James Bond doctor he he didn't he didn't need to have some younger man there to to do kung fu on people he'd do it himself <laughs> so anyway so, yeah so I have the perfect way to end our discussion to wrap it up when Grace in the chat says and I quote which category <laughs> did K nine fall into yeah. Companion or cargo? Is he? Yeah. <laughs> Affirmative. Who, who yeah. knows? <laughs> well, I'm going to anger some people by saying uh, glorified Sonic. No, don't, don't be no, mad No, I, I think it, no, I, <laughs> it's hard to argue. He's, he's, he's a tool. He's just he's there to be a tool. <laughs> yeah. He, he was the first digital assistant. There you go. That's right. So. There you go. All <laughs> right. Well, I will say this to everyone in the chat. Thank you for joining us, Jamie. Thank you so much to um, you for suggesting this topic. We hope you yeah. enjoyed it. It will be coming out for audio listeners right after, of course, the church on Ruby Road. But before we wrap up, Lee and Clarence, I would like to ask you, are there any where you would like to promote or anything you would like to promote? And Lee, I will start with you. Well, uh, Kyle and I are both uh, parts of the uh, immensely silly podcast Oz 9, which um, has hit milestone after milestone of followers and subscribers. And um, I don't know. We're, we're, We're proud to be a part. They've joined the network called Fable and Folly. And uh, that's helped a lot. And um, yeah, it's just uh, so it's not too late to jump on board. God bless you. God help you. If you jump on board the Oz 9. I was fixing to say, God uh, help you. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's um, and, and Shannon Perry, the, the mad genius behind it all. She's she's been writing more and more fun things for me to do lately than I can. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm just, just really enjoying what we're getting to do these days. I think Kyle has lost his characters lost in space at this point. Yes. I, the spoilers, but yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I am lost at the moment. So yeah, it's the kind of show where we could, we could occasionally <laughs> get lost, go meta enough to, to have a mystery where we're trying to find the narrator. So yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but luckily I'm narrator too. So we do have, that's right. You know, an, another narrator. She tells me to hush a lot, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's true. And I am not a tour guide, but anyway, in the, uh, in the comments, uh, several people were pointing out that they would also like to be Clarence mm. and we're postulating, uh, <laughs> The Council Clarence, of Clarence. Names, Council of Clarence. I was going to propose the Legion of Clarence. Um, we are or, Legion. Or, or perhaps the, uh, <laughs> right. Or the Clarence Collective, I guess. The, the Clarence. Ah, I like that. I yeah. think I like, well, there's three different Earths and all three of those exist on three different Earths. The Legion, the Council, and the Collective of Clarence. There you go. <laughs> so. And all are, roomed, all are ruled by Clarence Prime. Oh, Clarence there Prime. Like the clergy, the clergy of Clarence. Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> the Trek of Clarence. I, I don't know. But Clarence <laughs> Brown, where else might you be found on them? their internets? So I'm going to urge everyone to check out a podcast that I did with Lee, along with Cal's on it a little bit too, called the Relativity Podcast. Go listen and and comment and tell Lee how much you love it. So maybe he'll write another one because mm. <laughs> such a fun journey. And you can find that at relativitypodcast.com. Mm. And in closing, before I end, I want to read one more comment because when Grace has referred to one of my favorite, if not my favorite comic book story of all times, which is Crisis on Infinite Earths, but in this case, Crisis on Infinite Clarences. Yeah. There you go. Establishing a Clarence averse. A Clarence averse. Indeed. Oh, man. Oh, Lord. And with that, I will say, that's all right, then. And I got it. I got it. Yes, I did. I did. did. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next time.